What's up everybody, Brandon R. Scarborough here. I want to take a moment to share with you and tell you about my dream, my passion, ultimately my purpose. Dreams Academy is our nonprofit organization located in Akron, Ohio, where we specialize in mentoring young men of color. I started Dreams Academy in 2016, and since then, we've had the opportunity to impact and mentor over 300 young men in our area. I want to tell you about this because it's dear to me, it's near to me, and so I want to tell you how you can support. Go to our website and see what we're doing, www.dreamsacademyonline.org. Also, when you get to our website, be sure to visit our Queens Academy page. We launched Queens Academy so that we can start having the same impact with young women of color in the summer of 2021. It's been a great journey and we look forward to impacting more and more young people. We need your help. Consider today making a donation to Dreams Academy so that we can keep impacting more and more young people. You can give online right at our website. You can give through Cash App, Dreams Academy. You can also text to give by texting DREAMS to 44321. If you are unable to donate now, that's completely fine. We still want to connect with you. Visit us on Instagram at Dreams Academy USA and Queens Academy USA. You can join us on Facebook at Dreams Academy and Queens Academy, or go to our website and fill out the contact us form and leave us your email address so we can add you to our email list so that you will get our newsletter so you can stay up to date with everything that's happening with our organization. Whatever you decide to do, however you connect with us, we're grateful for the connection. Thank you so much in advance for your support. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Dear White Teacher. Um, I'm especially excited today, excited, excited today. Um, we have a whole family with us. Pretty dope um, concept that we go try out and see how it works. So I'm honored today. We're taking a little different um, course for this episode. We're going to talk about mental health and trauma. Um, I believe all, all the rest of our season, we've really dealt with classroom strategies and relationships and things like that, but we needed to stop take a moment and talk about mental health, trauma, some of the challenges that happen in our communities, why some of our children are, um, who they are, and, and what they are, and some of the things that you all will uh, deal with in the classroom. So I'm proud today to have uh, John Morgan, his wife, um, Dr. Sierra Morgan, uh, Messiah Morgan, and Sade Morgan. We got everybody in the house. How y'all feeling? Doing well, man. How Good, are you? man. Thanks beautiful, us, man. Yeah, beautiful family, you. man. When he said he was bringing the kids, I was like, man, bring them on. We we listening to them too, so they gonna stare at me like that yeah, the whole are, time. Are, so in Wig Bay, family yeah. game right now. You good, know? good. I love it, man. We gonna, everybody. Yeah, we gonna have a good time, man. And so. Yeah, thanks for having uh, us, man. Yes, sir. Man, first of all, uh, before we even get into the conversation, um, I know you probably gonna talk about it at the end, but John is a fellow uh, podcast host, so I'm nervous because he's been at it longer than me <laughs> and knows what he's doing, and so. Uh, man, tell them about your podcast, you know, extensively so they can dive into it. Yeah, man. So the name of the podcast is called Live Your Purpose Podcast. Um, yes, I am a fellow podcaster. Shout out to you, man. Cause this <laughs> is, people think that this is easy work. It's not. It's not it's work. Not. It's not easy, easy it's work not. at all, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I got a lot of respect and appreciation for what you do. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, Live Your Purpose Podcast is a uh, is a brand in the media company that we've uh, evolved it to now, man. We sit down and have one-on-one -on -one conversations a lot of times with entrepreneurs and creatives and we talk to them about you know really their life story yeah um and the intention and the, the purpose no pun um behind the conversations is to really try to like spread an overall message of wellness um and really you know take deep dives into conversations about mental health you know wellness relationships and things like that um we just kind of like 
expanded the conversation a little bit recently where we um, are currently doing a new segment called For the Lovers, where we speak to Dr. Tania Lodge and we just kind of take a deep dive and take questions from the audience yeah. on, on relationships and, yeah. you know, ways that we can kind of maintain healthy relationships, not only with our spouses and intimate relationships, but relationships with our kids, relationships with ourselves, yeah. relationships with our parents and our co-workers and things like that. So, um, yeah, man, it's, you know, we just, we just expanding it, man, just growing yeah. this, you know, so, um, yeah, so I, I, I respect you. I got a yeah. lot of respect for what you're doing, <laughs> bro, because this is not easy at yeah, all, man, so, yeah. you know, much... Much love to what you're doing. Thank over you, here, man. And shout out to yours, man. Thank I'm you. an avid listener, man. I saw I'm hip to the Black Love series yeah, with Dr. Yeah, T. Yeah, for sure. I told her the other day she she's helped me through some things. So <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. So Dr. C, you know, tell them, Doctor, who's Dr. C? <laughs> I'm Sierra, um, and I currently am the clinical director at Minority Behavior Health Group. So we're a black-owned, state-certified, nationally accredited mental health agency. Um, just really specializing in providing costly specific services to black people, black children, black families, so yeah. that we can all be well and restore ourselves back to our greatness. So that's what we all about. So that's where I serve over there. Um, and then also I have a wellness company called Refuge 22, um, where we have wellness products and offerings, breath work, yoga, et cetera, coaching, consultation. Cool. Yep. Cool. Messiah, anything? No. So nothing. <laughs> Sade? Nothing. Not today. Not today. So let's dive. You know, uh, we kind of talked about in the beginning. I was sharing with you all what Dear White Teacher was about and, you know, how we focus on kind of the classroom piece. But um, in your experience as well, as well as Sierra's, you all have worked extensively in the mental health um, area and, and have some expertise to, to shed light on the things that are happening with our kids. And so um, even in our, our area, um, schools, you know, school safety right now is huge. It's been a lot happening here in Akron with our kids. Right, right. And so, you know, I just want to kind of dive into the conversation about, you know, what are our kids facing? What, what are some of the challenges in their homes that they're bringing to school that teachers have to deal with? But, you know, because I got 20 kids in a room, I, I don't get to always know what 20 different households have going on. Um, and, you know, however y'all want to shed light on that. Yeah. Man, it's, it's interesting, man, because <clears throat> our especially especially now, like I look at I look at life like pre-pandemic and yeah. post-pandemic. Yeah, you know, and um and really really over like the last six weeks, I've been actually helping providing like programming, and still in, working working in the school system, working in elementary schools. And pr prior to that, prior to being an entrepreneur, I was um, doing case management with Minority Behavioral Health Group, um, working primarily in the school system as well. Um, and a lot of the things that we've seen pre-pandemic is like, it's almost like night, night and day, yeah. you know, a lot of, obviously everybody is, you know, feeling the effects of, of the pandemic. Um, but since I've been working back in the schools a, a little bit and just kind of seeing how, you know, some of the kids have been struggling and just seeing like the overall, um, just day to day yeah. of, of, you know, what the kids are dealing with, um, since, since the pandemic. Man, it's intense, yeah. you know. Um, we we got to think, a lot of our kids, all of our kids lost basically two years, you mm -hmm. know, of what they went, you know, the day day to day yeah. in, in school like, you know. So they went from being in a classroom setting to, you know, learning virtually, you yeah. know. And a lot of our kids didn't always necessarily have the, the um, appropriate environments or the resources at home to be able to, like, 
actually have a learning environment, you mm -hmm. know? And so to kind of like go from that and thrust it right back into the classroom, that's a, that's a borderline traumatizing experience, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So kind of like to expect our kids to jump back into just being on learning mode and yeah. student mode is lightweight unfair, you know? Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of the kids, you know, just kind of really, really still kind of getting back into the just of like, what actually being in the classroom and being in school is even like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So that's been the biggest thing that I've been seeing, you know, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic is a lot of kids has really been struggling with just kind of just getting back adjusted. Adjusted to like the social aspect all of, of it, it, you know, yeah. all, all of it, the, so, the social aspect, you know, um, the relate, the social relationships with their, with their peers, you mm -hmm. know, their friends, obviously with the teachers. Um, and just being in the, you know, the, the routine of it all, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like getting up every day and, you know, having to catch the bus and go to yeah. school. That's a complete different process than opening up your Chromebook in your yeah. room or, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the living room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's a completely different process. So, yeah. you know, all of that is com completely different. Yeah. So when you, when you look at it like that, it's almost like virtual school almost had a traumatic effect. Man, no. it was rough, man. Yeah. It, it was it was rough because even like during the pandemic, man, I was I was I was making like house visits. You know, I would I would go in and check in on my families and things like that. And you know, listen, a lot of times, you know, kids didn't have the Wi-Fi to be able to yeah. log on log, log on virtually. A yeah. lot of times, kids wasn't eating, you know, a couple meals a day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It was just a, it was really just survival mode. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, if I'm logging on logging on a class, that's a plus. Yeah. Let alone actually you know, trying to actually do the studies and things like that. So I'm glad you said that, like, you know, when you, when you talk about the home visits, and I, that's that's the thing teachers probably don't get to see. Right. Like, talk about some of the experiences, like no Wi-Fi or, you know, even lack of food. Like, I, I know um, I was working in Cleveland schools, and they, they shared one time that winter is hard, and they, they struggle with shutting down school when the weather is bad because they know that's the kids' only meal. Right. You know, right. So, so talk about the the home visit and, and kind of the, the challenges that you see in the house. Well, again, man, my my biggest thing was like, yo, if the if the kid actually you know shows up, if you see them sign in, man, that's a plus. Yeah. Like, let's let's just roll with that. You know, don't talk to me about a kid having a hoodie on or yeah. you know having not having a screen on and things right. like that. Like, it took a lot for that kid yeah. to actually just get up, roll and out of bed. Screen. Yeah, man, yeah. I, that 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 was a lot. So. You know, for for me, it was just more so like focusing on what we did have and, ex yeah. and accepting the the positives of what it was. You know, not so much like trying to make it something that it wasn't. Because the thing about the pandemic was is that it was it was a rare situation. Nobody had ever seen that. You know, yeah. you know, from the elders to you know ourselves, like nobody had ever nobody. experienced anything like that. So, yeah. you know, if a kid just shows up. Man, let's just let's just roll with that, you know. And that yeah. was like that was like the big conversation that I was having with the teachers because they would have, you know, right, un understandably so to an extent, you know, a lot of them were voicing frustration with like, yo, I'm trying to teach, but yeah. a kid may not have a screen on, you know, they may have brothers and sisters in the background and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, man, that ain't even what it's about right now. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? If a kid shows up and you can see him and you know that they safe for the, you know, a couple hours or whatever, let's roll with that. Yeah. But then, not to, they, not to their defense, but how do you grade just showing up? Well, my, my thing during that time was like, <laughs> man, throw the grades all, all the way right now. You know what I'm saying? Right. We, we, you know, we're we in uncharted yeah, waters right definitely. now. You know, what's, 
Definitely. The question that I kept proposing was like, what's the most important thing right now? Yeah. I understand that we educators, but right now we all in this together. Together. You know, we are experiencing the same thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We are all impacted. Yeah. And a lot of times, what I would you know talk to teachers about is that like, yo, you got kids at home right now. You trying to figure it out as well. Yeah. You know. So that was the biggest thing for me is I like, man, let's. What we thought and what we think that we know, man, we got to kind of get rid of that. And so even coming back into it now where they're back in the school building trying to readjust Bingo. to something that's still different. Bingo. Because we, we, we're never going back Bingo. to what it was. And so, man, that, that's, a, that's a huge adjustment, man, for everybody. Right. For everybody. Um, Dr. C, what, from a, from a clinical, I guess, you know, standpoint, can you touch on some of the things that you see especially in black children and black families that we experience pandemic or inside or outside the pandemic but are, are common you know for our kids yeah it's like where do we start right <laughs> yeah I, that's a loaded question yeah yeah because it's yeah it really is where do we start so if we think about the pandemic right and what y'all were just talking about um, and just the level of stress that people, parents, everybody, teachers, like all of us experience, don't think that our kids don't experience that yeah. too, and have far less tools to utilize to move through that. Um, so that in and of itself is a lot. Like when we think about just how we're impacted financially and economically and just uh, the amount of genocide that was mm. going on um, on a media level, but then also within our community and like violence and and just stress, period, like yeah. things that's happening in the household that people have no idea about um, arguing or just like just stress from trying to be able to to live and be OK and like be in relationship with each other. Our kids yeah. feel all of that and are impacted by all of that. Um, and black people are significantly impacted by that. Yes. Um, so that in the pandemic, before the pandemic, but then also before the pandemic, if we want to talk just like historically in the impact of like relationships and black male female relationships um, and just the ongoing like impacts of what we like to talk about is the the symptoms of oppression and slavery yeah. and the symptoms of like post-traumatic slave syndrome is what we call it um, so all of that plays a role if y'all heard <laughs> now this is fun I'm if having a blast but you talking about relationships I'm watching Messiah and Grime and the whole mic just goes <laughs> this, is, this is real life right here y'all yeah you know this it is. is and this probably had a classroom and she is so cracking up no, this is dope. If you're listening to this, you got to go on YouTube <laughs> and just see this. Like, I need more families on here. Yeah. I need more families on here. But no, I, I, I agree with all of that. Um, do you all have any, ha, have you had any experiences, you know, because we kind of talk about, I know race is a sensitive subject, but we try and, you know, we do, we, we, we talk about it respectfully um, and, and want this to be a safe space for our white listeners. Um, to really feel, hear, listen, and all of that. Um, your experiences, have you seen, or you know, just what have you dealt with in regards to kids that you know, um, whether you had them in a case or you know, um, they were assigned to you, where teachers didn't quite know how to engage them. And that was every day. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was every day in the um, in 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 the school system. Um, listen, even 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 in extension to that, and prior to that, 
Um, I always look at my own personal experiences, right? Like, you know, I went to private school, you know, in elementary school, and like I can, and when I trained, when I went from private school and moved out to the suburbs and went to Copley, I remember being in the fifth grade, and again, I came from private school, so I had pretty decent what people would consider to be de decent education. Yeah. Um, and I never forget when I was in the fifth grade, first time at, at Copley schools, I asked my teacher. She was talking about indenting a, a, a sentence, and I remember asking her, I said, what does indent mean? Yeah. You know, what, what does that mean? And i never forget the way she looked at me, old white lady. She said, she stood over top of me, she said, are you serious? Wow. And in that moment, I was like, and you know, we always hear like, you know, listen, there's no such thing as a dumb question, make right. sure you ask questions, things right. like that. But in that moment, I felt this small, and I was right. like, never mind. You know, but I never forgot yeah. that feeling. You're good and grown point. now, and ain't forgot that. Ne have not, never yeah. forgot that. A, f a fifth grader, you know, yeah. and a, a, sim a simple question. Yeah. And her response in that moment made me feel so small that, yeah. like, as I got older and I began to work into the field, I never forgot, yeah. you know, that interaction, yeah. you know, between teacher and, and, and black students. So that was always my biggest thing when I, you know, was working in the school system is like, number one, you know, establishing relationships with, with, with our yeah, children, you yeah. know what I'm saying? We have to be able to connect, like, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. there is a cultural difference there, you know? Yeah. And despite what you may, may you know, want to admit that from a, a educational standpoint, the cultural difference that you experience here is the biggest factor. Yeah. But if you, if our kids know that you love them and you trust them and you respect them, you're going to get a lot more out of that kid. Yeah. So that was always my biggest thing is like establishing relationships, yeah. you know, with, with, with our kids. Yeah. That's the biggest, you know, that's why I like what I do because it is not, it's not talking about what you learn in college. It's not, I don't even think college, I don't believe college even teaches teachers about relationships, right. especially relationships with, with our kids. Right. Um, and so this is even about developing, developing a cultural awareness mm -hmm. to, to, on how to develop those relationships. Um, be authentic, um, be yourself, um, and you, like you said, you'll you'll go much further um, in, in your interactions with them. Uh, even coming from a place like Copley, like even beyond fifth grade, growing, getting into high school, you know, did you did you have any other experiences that like not made you feel small, but you looking back now? Oh, that I know was racist. Oh well, no! But since you took it there, <laughs> well, since we here, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, I, I, absolutely, man. And and it's crazy because I had I had an experience like I had a um a rare experience. You know, I played sports. Okay. You know, so I I was accepted to an extent. You know, there was love there. So overall, I pretty much had a fairly good experience. You know, yeah. what I'm saying being being a student. Uh, and I'm just a nice personable dude. So like I was, right. it was easy for me to form relationships with right. people, stuff like that. But like the love kind of came naturally just from you know from a uh, from a social status yeah. standpoint. But looking back on it, there was a lot of things that I see now, and I'm just like, yo, that wasn't that that wasn't <laughs> that, that wasn't it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Whether that was just like, you know, um, whether that was how the teachers interacted with with the black students. You know what I'm saying? You could. You could easily tell when people don't always have a lot of experiences with black people. Yes. Like that comes across easily. Yeah. Um, or if it was just like, man, I, don't, I can't, I, I don't know off offhand, but yes, I, I'm. Can, I look back on certain stuff now, I'm like, yo, 
that wasn't it. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? And the yeah. big and one of the biggest things was that like, yeah, there there were no black educators. Yeah. You know, there I We mean, were we were just talking about that right. to, to hear that there's one out there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There there were it was very, very few black educators, yeah. you know what I'm saying, out there in, in, in the Copley School District. Well, you know, I don't wanna seem like we picking on Copley, but just across the board, you know, another reason I do this, black kids are not at a high level going to see black educators. Mm-hmm. Um I think I read that black educators make up less than three percent of educators in America. So it, the numbers don't even, you know, let it yeah, let, let it fit for that. Right. Um, I shared that I didn't see my first black teacher. Um, somewhat in the third grade. Um, I don't think she lasted the whole year, but for a total year, I was in high school. Mm. But I went to book though. A little different. Right. Much different know, environment. Much different environment. Mm-hmm. What? Shout out 1040 as always. Um, but our, our kids, man, they're, they're not going to see that. And so how do we, how do we help support them in building, you know, those relationships and, and the same stuff comes out, you know, all the time, be yourself. And, and but I want to talk with you all from the, from the standpoint of you all get to see, you know, the different diagnosis, you know, IEPs and different medications and the different challenges. You you make home visits. They're making office visits to, to Dr. C. Um, at a, so at a deeper level, beyond the classroom, how do we help our teachers understand, not even just white teachers, how do we help our teachers understand the challenges that kids are coming to school with? Yeah, I, I, I do think that, and it, and, it does, and it does sound cliche sometimes, but I do think that the biggest factor in it all is like doing your own work. Yeah. Right. And, and it really does start from a self-knowledge standpoint, like, you know, um, big proponents and, you know, big advocates for therapy and doing doing our own healing and things like that. But like, yeah, look, looking within, yeah. you know, because when you when you really do the work on yourself and you look within and like when I see you, I see myself. Right. Like when I see Gabe, I see myself. Like right. that's how we have to approach or, you know, our interpersonal relations with one another. Um, and a lot of time, obviously, you know, the cultural differences um, and the systemic, the systemic racism aspect of it, it disconnects us from, from that standpoint. But that's the biggest piece of it. Yeah. Is like, like, man, we have to be able to look within. You know, yeah. um, if you don't, if you, if a, if any teacher, um, especially a white teacher, but white teacher, when they see our children, if they don't see themselves in, mm. in that in that kid. That's a complete disconnect right there. When yeah. you see our parents, if you see the the negativity in our parents, or you see a disconnect from our our parents, disconnecting in the kid, yeah. you know. So that's the that's the biggest thing. You gotta be able to do that work within. You gotta be able to look within, you know. And it does yeah. sound cliche, but that's the the really really says it is. When you when you say look within, are you talking about because we, especially when you talk about this whole race piece, are you are you talking about getting rid of whatever biases might be um even kind of resetting experiences from you know i'm a white teacher but i'm working in this urban context but i grew up in suburbia i grew up you know where i didn't i didn't see kids that you know black and brown children yeah it Um, is it is checking your biases at the door and just being honest about them yeah right like you know some of my favorite some of my favorite uh white teachers that i would work with are the ones who would come to me yo mr john I ain't from here. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm from the complete suburbs. You know, I ain't never really grew up with a lot of black people, but I love what I do. And yeah. I love these kids. I know that there's a lot of potential here. 
but I'm willing to learn. But from yeah. a genuine standpoint, yeah. just admitting your biases, man, you go a long way when you do yeah. things like that. You yeah. know, so that's that's one of the biggest pieces, admitting your biases at the door. Um, asking for help, you know, and, and really being able to like take criticism and take, you know, take yeah. the uh take the necessary steps to like when one of your black peers or, you know, um black educators are trying to help you yeah. or check you, whatever the case may be. It's a tough conversation. It is. It is. It's a tough it's conversation. A, you know, it's a it's a tough it's even tougher for the kids. Yeah. You know, that that was always my thing is that like, look, it's tough for you. Yeah. But it's like thirty of them in the class. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? So it's tougher on them than it is for you. So you 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 said, you know, kind of working on yourself, doing the inner work with yourself. I'm going to jump to your podcast real quick because mm -hmm. the first question you ask everybody is, how are you? Right. Yeah. It seems like, you know, your affect and stuff, you, your energy is down. You know, you seem a little frustrated, quick-tempered and things like that. And, you know, she was very resistant to, to that conversation. But what I was trying to really offer her in that moment is that, like, wellness doesn't just start with the children. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we have to be able to, like, like... Kids are very highly intelligent and intuitive, yeah. you know, people in nature. So, like, we, they, they know what's up. Even and very they, honest. Yes. Yeah, even if they no can't filter. articulate it, yeah. they know what's up. Yeah. So they can tell yeah. when you, like, you frustrated. They can tell when you had a bad night at home. Yeah. They can tell when you ain't get that much yeah. sleep, whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. But that was always my thing for me is that, like, yo, we, you got to take care of yourself because mm -hmm. that energy transfers, yeah. you know, to, to our students. And especially right now, man, teachers are walking away at record numbers. Oh, man, the turnover rate is crazy. It's crazy it's right crazy. now. It's crazy. And, and, right, and a lot of them are walking away because of their, they, they trying to protect their wellness. Young teachers, too. Yes. Young teachers, man, they out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they, they can't take it, yeah, man. No, no, no. Um, so, you know, we already kind of talked about what's going on in just Akron. Mm -hmm. But, man, I, I'm in some teacher groups on Facebook, man. I man, you wouldn't believe some of the stories I read. And so some of them I read, I'll be like, you know what? I absolutely understand. And, and here's the thing. Like, I know it may sound like I'm, like, bashing teachers and stuff like that <laughs> sometimes, but, like, being a teacher, man, is a hard, hard, hard yes. job, man. It is a tough, tough yes. place to be in. And I, and I genuinely empathize yeah. um, with our educators, and I respect them too, man, yeah. because it, it, it's a, it is a selfless yeah position to be in. Highly underpaid. Highly underpaid, um, high, high, high stress. stress. You know what I'm saying? It's 24 hours in a day and you spend eight of them with kids that you don't really get to know until months in the school year. Exactly. You so 20 saying? kids in a room, you got 20 different personalities, 20 different home lives, yes. 20 different backgrounds. Yes. That's a lot. Yes. So it, so it requires a lot out of you to yeah. be able to serve in that, in that yeah. way. So I have a lot of respect and appreciation for anybody who jumps into that education. Well, I'm glad you used that word. If you don't see it as serving, you're not going to be successful right. no way. And I don't right. care what color you are. Right. Like, it, it absolutely is a service. Right. Um, I get to teach. Right. You know what I mean? Not If it's not a calling for you, then you shouldn't even be in it. Right. Um, Dr. C, he started talking about, you know, wellness. And I heard you mention that in the beginning that you have the wellness, you know, company and the yoga what what are some now this is for my teachers whoever listening at this point what are some tips and strategies or some things that teachers can do to uh if the baby stop hitting you in the yeah, face the <laughs> uh what they can do for themselves um besides drinking wine after happy hour and, uh, <laughs> then, you know they can still do that, yeah, that might I, help I, a little bit. it might help a little bit <laughs> yeah, you know we all want to, don't indulge too much for, right. like you said the kids know what kind of nights you that's had a fact. that's a fact <laughs> I think that 
Mm-hmm. You know, y'all were talking about self-knowledge and we're talking about mental health. And I think that we like to focus it a lot of times like on the children. But yeah. I think that we can never underestimate the power what? of like people caring for their own mental health. Yeah. So like the best gift, we it's a proverb that talks about like one of the best gifts that you can give your children is like your own wellness. And I think that wow. that's true for teachers because when we talk about a village and raising children, teachers are a huge yeah. part of that. Yeah. And so I think that there are many things that are therapeutic, but I think that there is... Um, I really do. I'm biased. I know my bias. I'm, I think therapy is so important for yeah. teachers to be engaged with, as well as all of those other therapeutic activities and things that we know are like the bare basics of like rest and eating and movement, mm-hmm. movement and et cetera. Um, so all of those things are helpful. But I think that people should go to therapy yeah. because what teachers experience in a classroom and how to navigate all of that on top of like the full spectrum of their own humanness yeah. is like is huge. So I think that teachers can consider therapy in addition to all the other things that we can put on the list of like that help keep us well. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, proponent of therapy. I've been in it for years and I, I'm not stopping. It changed my <laughs> life, you know. Um, go, ain't nothing even wrong right now and I, I still go, right. you know what I'm saying? So sometimes I'll be like, no, I ain't really got much to talk right. about today because right. it's been that helpful, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's been cool to go. wean that away, you know, yeah. from before. I was like, hey, I need to talk to you every day, right. you know, but um, in this context of teaching, man, I, I can't, um, you know, like I said, some of the stories I see um, and just, and a lot of it is post-pandemic stress and trauma and coming back into the classroom and coming back into, into the classroom with kids who just sat at home for two years mm-hmm. looking at a screen. Um, Zoom meetings have become traumatic for me. <laughs> man, who you, you know, telling? <laughs> uh, just sitting looking at a screen and, and now they've become more beneficial. I ain't got to leave the house. Right. You know, we cool with it now. Right. But man, before, you know, sitting in a meeting two hours, so I, I definitely have a different level of respect uh, for kids who had to try. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine that. No, I eight hours? Imagine, I couldn't imagine being at my house. Sitting at the, at the kitchen table no way. on a Chromebook. No way. And all the stuff that goes on in the background, right? <laughs> and we know, right? Like, we know as adults like, yeah. how I can act like I'm on a meeting and try my best to be present. And y'all just witness what is going on <laughs> around me, right? Like, y'all can cut my face out on the screen and it just be me. But then if you broaden the picture to me, yeah, the yeah right then now. she got the mic. Yeah, and she's cracking doing, up. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what really be going on yeah. with people. Is and a- I think that, sorry, just to add one other no, thing. No, you go ahead. When you talk about, like, mental health. And you talk about, there's something that's really um, small that we do that's big, which is talking about our experiences. And so I think that teachers Mm. gather and they talk amongst themselves as teachers. And I think that that is a real tool that can keep them well. I think it's important to not isolate. Mm. And when we storytell and we process through our experiences, that really does help us to integrate the experiences through our thoughts, our feelings, et cetera, to keep us well. And so there's small things that we do that we don't necessarily think of as like, oh, that's good for me, yeah. that really are good practices. So, like, talking to your peers or having a space that you can share about what happened in your right. day, how it's impacting you, how you're thinking about it and feeling about it, really does help you stay well. I think that's dope. Do you think that one of the, ta- one of the challenges to doing that, though, is finding safe spaces to do it, especially in the context of what we're talking about? We're talking about white teachers who, like, one of the reasons I can't wait for this to take off to, to the place I wanted to take off is so I can hear those stories right. and give back insight without judgment, right. without, you know, you don't have to be scared right. to say, little Juju did this. I did not know what to do, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's finding those safe spaces to do that. I, I think that's an incredible idea um, that maybe a lot of teachers don't have that support mm-hmm. 
to, to share those stories about, you know, that's why they go home stressed. They, they don't have nobody to talk to or they don't have anybody to talk to that understands. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's an incredible idea. The therapy, the safe spaces, yoga. I'm not a yoga person, <laughs> but I meditate. I do the whole meditation piece, and I think all of that stuff um, is helpful to, to anyone's um, mental health. Um, I guess, you know, just wrapping up, like, where do you see, like, mental health has been on the forefront now? I, I would say a little bit before the pandemic hit, but then the pandemic really, I think, catapulted it, actually, mm -hmm. because we all was going through the same thing at the same time. Um, you know, you, you've advised, you know, the, the therapy and all of that. Kind of where do you see it going, going forward? Just mental health, what you mean? Like, like so let's, let's talk even in the context of students and teachers. Um, I guess how can we, how can, we talked about teachers, how can students apply mental health strategies? Because I don't know that they understand what wellness he is. Mm on a huge level until something happens. Right. So better said, nobody's talking to our kids about mental health and their, you know, esteem until they're in trouble. Right. You know, how can we be proactive in yeah. that? Well, I think, I think one of the biggest things that, you know, that we continue to do is like, um, is, is promote, is promote a level of healthy relationship with yourself. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And really like promoting, um, Promoting that our and and exposing our kids to like ways that they can cope differently, cope differently, or just like you know, there, there's there's always different ways and different um, divine things that we can tap into ourselves, especially, mm -hmm. especially as children. Whether that be like you know from a creative space, you yeah. know, whether that can be. Um, Finding safe spaces with their friends and things yeah. like that, having conversations with, or finding, you know, finding those those places with adults. There's there are resources set up in in schools now that we're like, you know, there are counseling teams in the building yeah. and things like that. And I think that alone, I think like the resources that I see in school systems today, I think it is like a huge eradication of the stigma of mental health. That mm -hmm. like I can remember as a kid, I ain't know nothing about none of this. Yeah, you know. So I think that when kids see counselors and mental health professionals in the school system today like they say yo I'm going to talk to my counselor yeah. it's not a it's not a yeah. thing like that anymore so I think just you're not gonna like, get bullied for it right yeah. exactly so I think it's just kind of like continue to promote the things like that and just you know norm, continue to normalize it yeah. you know and and, and um encouraging them to to tap into you know to the divine things that they have within themselves and the same now I don't know I, I think I might see it with kids a little bit more but have parents adopted it in, in a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, like you said, man, since, especially since the pandemic, you know, listen, mental health referrals across the board are up. up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, from, yeah. listen, from parents to couples to kids yeah. to, you know, professionals, all across the board, it's, yeah. it's up right now. So, yeah, a lot of people are really jumping on the board and, you know, trying to trying to get yeah. services, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. It is. I would, Man, 10 years ago, I'd have never sat on a camera and be like, I go to therapy. Never. You know, never. And been okay with never. it. Never. Never, yeah. never. Yeah, so I, that that I done heard y'all say it too, you know. So Gabe, you go. To, no, I'm playing. <laughs> um, but no, man, I I thank you all for y'all's insight. If y'all got anything y'all y'all want to add, you know, just on the mental health piece, you know, feel free.
this, this is how we usually end. I, I see the baby going for the mic again. She she got something to say. Yeah, she, she got hard. She got something to say. Baby. You know, John always says this thing that, like, he thinks that everything has a paper trail, right? Mm. So a lot of times, like, in schools, what we see and what's disruptive are the behaviors. And so that's a lot of what we talk about in mental health, too, is, like, when children are referred for services, it's typically because of disruptive behaviors, more times than not. Sometimes it's because the child is isolating or has anxiety or et cetera. But more times than not, it's for disruptive behaviors. Can you define disruptive behavior real quick? Yeah. So a lot of times we think of, like, classic ADHD symptoms or what we consider, like, oppositional defiant disorder. So not listening, argumentative, off task, running like a motor, can't stay in their seat, making noises, um, just like anything that's not allowing you to teach with ease, yeah. right? Like you're disrupting the classroom. Combative. And you, combative. Like you're, yeah, like doing all kind of things. Um, all of that, though, is connected to something internally. Yeah. Like all of it is. And so if you see a child that's experiencing that, that is not just pure because they are wanting to be combative. Yeah. Like, that's not what it is. There's something that's going on. A lot of those kids get dismissed as bad. Absolutely. And it's just a general Absolutely. Yeah. And people don't know how to soothe their nervous system. And yeah. that's what's happening is that what we've all experienced is our nervous systems are rattled, and we don't know how to tap into soothing our soul nerve or our vagus nerve. And so then we act out in all of these ways that look like us fidgeting, that look like mm -hmm. us all over the place, because we don't know what to do with that. Teachers do that, kids do that, et cetera. And so I think that, like, that's a big part of it. It's like if we could see each other as fully human, allow, allow each other to be fully human, and know that, like, when people are having a hard time, that that's connected to something else. And that's for teachers, that's for students, that's for parents, that's for everything, right? So that's me as a teacher saying when my parent is coming in acting like this, oh, she's having a hard time yes. with something going on. That's when I see a child doing something. That's when I respond a certain way. Like, it's something else that's connected to that. And we got to start seeing each other as human, and we got to start giving each other grace and empathy yeah. because that's going to allow us to build relationships. That's going to allow us to create safe spaces. And that's going to allow us to be okay with us being authentic, vulnerable, and getting back to wholeness. And that's going to help all of us across the board. I love um, it. So that's what I was thinking about and what y'all was just saying. No, I love that. And I think, I think that teachers may struggle with, I want to do that, but I got 19 other kids all doing the mm -hmm. same thing. Absolutely. And it's just one of me. Absolutely. So how do I spread my empathy Absolutely. 19 ways, and which adds time, to the stress. I think more times than not, and I think the teachers should also be taught, like, skills that we learn within mental health, too, like, to soothe your nervous system. So what would it look like if I'm, as a teacher, having a hard time, and I take and turn the lights down, and I take a breath, and yeah. I move, and I do yeah. these things, that, yeah, like, disrupt what the goals are of what we have to accomplish academically, but you're not going to accomplish those things anyway. So go ahead and like take a minute, get <laughs> yeah. yourself together because your energy is contagious. That's going to help get your classroom together. And I think, I think that goes back to what we just talked about. How do we get the kids mm -hmm. to tap into stuff like that? If, if my teacher did that, I'm going to be like, what just happened? Yeah. I need a minute. I need a second. Yep. And so now we all going to take a second. Yep. And that's, yep. that's a good word right there. That's a good word. I think that's the magic. And even if we think, oh, that doesn't work, let's try it out for a school year or two yeah. or five or ten years and just see the impact of it. Yeah. Let's just try it out. We've been doing what we've been doing for so long, so try out something yeah. else. <laughs> that's a, a, another thing you mentioned, too, was having some type of mental health training for teachers. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, that's a, that's Beyond an hour-long yes. PD workshop. Yeah, ongoing. Yeah, ongoing. Yeah, it should be, it should be like way, like, 
how to identify behaviors, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. extend resources, all of it. I think, I think it's also important to understand that, like, you know, this is, these are systemic issues that, yeah. we, that we're referring to. You know, these aren't individual issues. You know, these aren't one of one, of one individual issues with certain yeah. teachers or right. even certain schools or certain districts. This is a, a countrywide, a historical yes. systemic issue yes. that we that we talking about yeah. um, that has permeated amongst every you know pl place of being that, we, that yeah. we talk about in the education system. It's all grind culture. Right. It's all productivity. Right. It's all of the same thing, yeah. and that ain't getting us nowhere but to the grave. And it's just so sensitive being the education system because it's like you know there's a lot of time that's 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 invested with within education yeah. you know within within the learning environment yeah. you know so it's the 8 hours a day K through 12 listen so much of my life was spent in school in a classroom you and know as, in some in some capacity. how much of this stuff are we using now what what <laughs> don't even give me that's a different conversation <laughs> yeah i right know here. i know that's a you completely know, college as well oh, man. Right, and then we started. encourage them to keep going and then encourage them to keep going forever for what, like, what in the world yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that person has been in school for a million years well you know <laughs> and while we all waiting on that letter to take place from biden forgiving our loans Listen. that can't yo, even happen. Yo, man. man look at happen, the camera man. and tell you, man. Yo, make it happen, man. Come on, man. Let the, let the law pass. They held, they held it up. I got the email a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, 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 me too. It accepted, but they, they hold What's it up. What's his name, Miguel? I don't, I don't even, I don't know. I just, <laughs> yeah, I think we all just got pissed off right. that it's held up. Right, right. Man, but then to that, to that note, because of the pandemic, I believe that's happening for us, and yet we still going to push the next generation to go do the same thing and for what? And so I, I will, yeah, <laughs> right. So I, I will say, and this probably ain't got nothing to do with what we're talking about. I appreciate this, whether it was because of the pandemic or not. I, I can't say I would have a podcast if it wasn't for the pandemic. Bingo. You Bingo. know what I mean? It, it really brought out everybody's creativity. Yes. We was at the house bored. Yes. We yes. had nothing to do. And so many of us, you know, you asked me how I came up with it. I, I said two years ago, pandemic was two years. I was like, man, it just came out of somewhere else. Uh, it brought about create a creative flow um, and a higher level of entrepreneurship. Yep, yep, yep. And, and, and also what it did, it like, it, it, it continued to create this like um, ecosystem of information. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So like now, yeah, teachers can sit back and watch a conversation like this and actually be able to digest information yep. that they may be looking for that they need. Yep. But there weren't spaces like this five, Absolutely. Ten, years, ten years ago. You know, so Absolutely. this is like, you know, this this right here is definitely being disruptive to the system as yeah. we know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's a that's a beauty in you know in, in disguise. Beauty in disguise, man. Man, I, I appreciate y'all coming through, man, bringing the kids. And <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, she looked dead at the camera when I right, said look, that, like, look, look. it's my turn. <laughs> Shoddy. Yeah, man, this, this was dope, man. I, I, I've never had babies on the show. So <laughs> Thanks for inviting thank, us. Thanks yeah, for thank your patience you. and oh, your man. grace with us. Right. That, man, and we ain't edited none of it out. Yeah, whatever no, whatever right. they had to yeah, say is what they had to say. That's so right. if you bother by the babies while listening, then catch the next show. It'll be all right. <laughs> and so what we do at the end, um, leave us with a word of wisdom, you know, uh, whether it's from today's conversation or just something you, you know, got on your heart. Tell the people where they can find you, man. Tell them where they can find the podcast. Tell them where they can find your merchandise at, all of it. So, so yeah, man, um, you guys can subscribe to the podcast, Live Your Purpose Podcast, on YouTube. We on all audio platforms um, under Live Your Purpose Podcast. You can subscribe to our Patreon page um, for our For the Lovers segment uh, under Live Your Purpose um, 
Live Your Purpose Media, that is. Um, and yeah, man, check check us out. You can find the LYP merch on there. Um, I also do one-on-one life coaching with um, individuals on helping people uh, find and live their purpose. So, you know, if you are interested in the life coaching as well, you can find me on www.lypp.org. You know, we can dis- um, discuss some things like that. Um, other than that, man, pour, pour into yourself. Spend some time with yourself. <laughs> we, we in the holiday season. Stresses yeah. is up. Yeah. Don't stress yourself out. Spend a lot of money. You know what I'm saying, man? Rest. You know, break away from grind culture, man. Rest. Don't go crazy trying to spend a lot of money and finishing the year strong. No, we off that, man. We trying to rest. We trying to um, live a life of quality over over quantity. Yeah. Um, you can find us at mbhg.org or info at mbhg.org um, on Instagram, on Facebook. Also, Refuge22 at refuge22.com. Um, but yeah, I would be happy to connect with anybody and help get people connected to mental health services, wellness services, anything you could think of. I think, I think it's important to be creative and get people what they need. Uh, so yeah, that's how you can find us and we can get connected. And my word of wisdom would be teachers, you have been brought to this work for some reason, right? To serve and with purpose and to be encouraged in that always like. You got this, you can do this, and you got to tap into your creativity. You got to understand historical context and get connected to some people that can help you in living within your purpose of serving the community in this way. I think there is few things that are of a greater purpose than like uh, trusting people with your children. I think mm. that that is like amazing yeah. and it's respectable. So you got this. I love it. Messiah appears to be coming back. Coming um, back, bro. Come on in. Come on, we gonna, we wrapping up. Yeah, we wrapping up. Come on, man. You want to say bye? We're not. We gonna wrap up. <laughs> I love it. Yo, thank you for uh, checking out this episode. Big shout out to John and Dr. Sierra Morgan and the family for joining us today. Uh, we're excited about everything that's going on. Uh, be on the lookout for this episode and the next one. We can't wait to share what's going on with the next episode. So uh, I almost said live your purpose. That's his show. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate the plug. Right, right. Live your purpose and Dear White Teacher. Download both of them. Like, share, download, uh, whatever else you can do with it. Till next time. Peace. Peace.